Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It's a new start of the week, but we're going to start it off great for you, Pewter people, everyone watching and listening to this. It might be Monday, but we're going to get you through this week because we have a ton of awesome Buccaneers content coming up. We're starting you off right. We know that the roster is set, but there's still a little bit more that the Bucs can add to this team. Maybe not as an immediate starter, but as an important impact depth player. And we will get into all of that with the additional free agents that the Bucs could sign. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is none other than the face that runs the place, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you on this Monday afternoon? Matt, I'm I'm doing great. And the reason I'm doing great is because I'm I'm powered by Celsius. This we'll get into Celsius in just a second, but this is Celsius number two. The original. I'm, I've doubled well, up on orange drink, today. Yeah. This nice. is this is like number two. I had the first one around 5 30, getting ready to go for a workout. So I'm gonna hit number two. I don't drink two Celsius every day. And it's not that I even need it because the first mm-hmm. one worked. I'm just getting ready to go for a workout. And what I've noticed is whenever I'm on the elliptical or the treadmill, whatever. Um, when I have two going in me, I, I, I beat my own personal times. So I'm, I'm kind of going for, you know, a little personal milestone today and, and, uh, Celsius will, will help guide me along my fitness journey. I'm jealous. I, uh, I ran out of, I'm not at my usual place of location right now. So I brought Celsius with me. However, I have run out. So I'm sad because I don't have Celsius, which to everyone listening and watching, make sure you go out and get Celsius, whether yeah. it's at your I'll, local bodega. I'll have another one station. for you, Matt. How about that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Have one in spirit for me. Yeah, chug it. <laughs> or go on to Amazon.com, get a bulk package sent right to your front door. Celsius, all the flavors are fantastic. There's none of that crash or the jitters that you get from after yeah. having an energy drink, which cannot be taken for granted because you try other energy drinks, and that's just the case. And that's right. So you don't get that. You get all the benefits if you want to go work out, if you're trying to get through a work day. You get all of those benefits with Celsius. And the taste is second to none. It's a better it tasting energy drink than any other competitor on the market. I will put Celsius, just taste alone, up against anyone else. I agree. The orange tastes like you're orange. preaching the, the choir, man. I love the it. The peach vibe tastes like peach vibe. The snozberries taste like snozberry. That's a Willy Wonka reference for everyone. Okay. There's a, the Arctic flavor is fantastic as Arctic well, too. Arctic vibe, yeah. Exactly. So you can't go wrong when you're drinking Celsius. And... um they also got power bars too, and they don't break in your hand. They don't. You're talking about the fast the energy, the, the fast protein bars, which you're talking yes. about, Matt. Yes. Yes, the, I the, am. The fast protein bars. What's great about them is, and we appreciate that. Mark's main channel hit the like button, mm-hmm. of course. What we what we appreciate about the the fast protein bars is it comes in two delicious flavors, right? That's that's the white chocolate cookies and cream and the peanut, a salted peanut caramel crunch. And maybe the best part about that right now is they're on sale, five dollars oh, yeah. off. So you can do five fast lane is the promo code on Amazon. You'll get a twelve pack of of your favorite flavor. I, I would get both because they're both my favorite flavors for five dollars off each one on Amazon. And as Matt was saying, you can click on our website, PeterReport.com, to check out those Celsius banners and. Try the new Arctic vibe. Let us know what you think. I love the tropical vibe. Love the peach vibe and the Arctic vibe. I'm vibing with all of them. So check out those banners on PeterReport.com. They'll take you to where you can buy Celsius Direct. Or you can just go to Amazon.com. Do the subscribe and save those. Send them right to your house and you'll save lots of money. Matt, this is going to be a big week 
for Buccaneer fans because yes, the draft is. is over, but the schedule comes out this week, right? Where and it's kind of funny because the schedule used to come out before the draft, and I think the mm-hmm. NFL did the wise move because when you're talking about drafting first round quarterbacks, that's always a big thing. Not so much this year with Kenny Pickett and John's Pittsburgh Steelers, right, being mm-hmm. the only one. But what it does allow the league to do is is take a look at some of these impactful rookies and, and maybe incorporate them into the schedule, kind of create some some better marquee matchups after the draft. And I'm all in favor of that. But the time is here. The, the schedule is kind of being leaked out on purpose by the networks this week. And we'll have the full schedule on Thursday. We're doing a Thursday night show probably at 7.30. Time to be exact on, on that, but we'll be doing a show. We'll have shows this week. Today and tomorrow, both at 4 o'clock. Obviously, we're here. It's 4 o'clock. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking to the offensive coaches at the team's headquarters at the Advent Health Training Center. So we're going to have plenty of interviews from them. Matt, you're going to have some great videos to share in tomorrow's Pewter Report podcast. So don't miss it. And that'll be at 4 o'clock. We will not have a podcast on Wednesday. We will, however, have a podcast on Thursday Thursday night during the schedule release where we'll, we'll be on talking about the games, the actual games, who they're playing, when, what time, and how many primetime games, etc. Then we're going to have a special Friday night podcast, also at 7.30, where we're going to be talking about the first day of the Bucks rookie minicamp that'll be at the team's facility that afternoon. So don't miss that on Friday. And then we'll have the recap of the entire Bucks rookie minicamp on Monday. So that's the schedule this week. Today, Tuesday at 4, Thursday and Friday night, 7.30 starts Eastern time. And then we'll, we'll have the weekend off and you'll see us again next Monday. That's right. We are going prime time towards the end of the week. And I we are loaded with content this week, which I think is a lot of fun because we're in the off season and we're yep. definitely at the point where you know, there's no more drama of top tier free agency or who the Bucks are going to get in the draft because that's already gone down. So now we right. got our sights set on a Bucks rookie minicamp coming up. As you just mentioned, we're talking to the the offensive coordinator, uh, the offensive coaches tomorrow, including offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. So there's a lot to get into as well. And that Bucks schedule release, it was very fun when we did the podcast last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks are going to be competitive and good anyway, but for the rest of the teams too that even don't have a chance. It's that hope Mm -hmm. springs eternal type of thing. Uh, We actually have a great article. JC Allen wrote it earlier today, predicting who's going to be the home opener. I just put it uh, in the chat. You could see it. uh, You'll see Peter reports name come up and you can click on the link there. Um, But we gave our predictions for who the bucks are going to open up their season against Scott. I believe you said on the road against Dallas, which would be a repeat of uh the home op- well it was the home opener for yeah. the bucks but the season opener last year when the bucks were defending thursday champs night football, played, right. yeah it was a thursday night game so yeah. you have this for monday night football this year i believe yeah i almost yeah. wanted to change my pick because i almost think now that the bucks are going to get the thanksgiving game in dallas oh right? i would like that i would, I would like that a lot i'm well, going to be I, I mean i plan on being in like a turkey coma yeah um <laughs> That afternoon on my couch, passed out asleep. But if I have to work, then I will. I'll just have to like really. I'll probably have to chug three Celsius that day to combat <laughs> all of the the turkey. Was it tryptophan? That's the drug, right? In Turkey, yeah, yeah. Tryptophan, tryptophan, okay. or tryptophil, something like whatever. That. Yeah, I think something yeah. like that. You go yeah. on a turkey trip, right? 
And, and I know I do. I mean, you throw in that plus mashed potatoes and gravy, you carve out, and I mean, I'm out. So it will probably be my first third Celsius day on Thanksgiving if the Bucks have to play the Cowboys. And they did many, many moons ago. They lost to the Tony Romo Cowboys back in the day. I remember Mike Allstott. And this is this is back in the early 2000s and under John Gruden they played the Bucks uh, or the Bucks played in Dallas on Thanksgiving so it's happened before I just wonder if the league doesn't just try to get that that marquee matchup right Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and the Cowboys on Thursday night uh, Thanksgiving so and there's also a Thursday night game too so even if the Bucks don't play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in Dallas the Bucks could still be in play for the triple header, that Thursday night game. So that's another thing to keep in mind. I'm hoping against that, just selfishly speaking. But I think I think it's safe to say the Bucks are going to get five primetime games this year, Matt. Plus, they also get the bonus standalone game when they play the probably Seahawks. what early in, in the morning on, on November 13th against Seattle in, uh, in Munich. Yeah, I believe it's a 10.30 a.m. game or 9.30, yeah. which it's got to be tough for – the Seahawks fans on the West Coast because you got to get up. Oh, at, yeah. You got to get up at six thirty <laughs> right. to watch yeah. a team get well for Bucks fans. Hopefully dismantled uh, by yeah. the Bucks. I actually went for my season op- opener prediction. Uh, I'm trying to hit a home run off the bat. Bucks versus Packers Sunday Night Football. Brady versus Rogers. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different Packers team now that they traded Devontae Adams. Obviously, they got uh, Tampa local Christian Watson, which. Right. Um, Casey Hudson is not too happy about because she wanted Casey Hudson in Tampa. I think a lot of us wanted uh, wanted Christian Watson in, in Tampa as, as well, too. But I just think, you know, you got the the fanfare, the marquee matchup, two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the greatest of all time versus some people say is, is the best quarterback currently in the league. Uh, th- that can be up for debate. But nonetheless, right. there's star power through the roof. And I think it would make for a great Sunday night football game to start the season. Yeah. And uh, I'm hopeful to be going to Germany this year. Uh, That's kind of in the plans. We're still talking about it. I know in in, uh, 2019, myself, the late, great Mark Cook and Cliff Welch, our photographer, went to the London game, Mm -hmm. which was awesome up until kickoff. Well, actually, (laughs) kickoff was fine. It was with the first offensive play where Jameis Winston threw, surprise, an interception right on the first play of the game to Mike Evans, the first of five interceptions that game. I remember walking, uh, it was like a, like, almost like a two mile hike from where we were positioned in the stadium in London. Oh, wow. All the way, you have to go down and then around the whole concourse to get to where the, the locker rooms were. I mean, it literally, usually like when you leave the press box at Raymond James Stadium, takes you no more than five minutes, even if you're waiting for the elevator, to get downstairs where the locker room is. It's just really quick. This was literally about at least 10 minutes, if not 15, to get all the way down to the, the bowels of of, uh, of of the, the stadium. Hotspur Stadium? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, yeah. yeah. And, and by the time we left, Jameis had thrown three interceptions. This is in the fourth quarter. It's when they tell you to, to leave and get down there by the end of the game. And, and then he threw, by the time he got down there, he had thrown four interceptions. And, and Mark, um, actually it wasn't Mark, it was Rick Stroud, who I was standing there next to. And I said, dude, I said, Jameis has thrown four picks today. And he said, four, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I said, no, four. And then all of a sudden we were informed as we're waiting. 
for the game to be over that he threw a, a, an interception like on the last play or second last play of the game. That was number five. So, yeah, we Peter Report will be re- represented there. It could be Matt and I, which would be a problem because there's a lot of beer, Matt, in Germany. And I know you and I have a fondness for beer. And so it I've does heard. have to be a working business trip. Um, but at the same time, Mark and I partook in plenty of, of tasty alcoholic beverages. And that's where I got kind of addicted to London's, uh, to Fuller's London Pride. That's a really good beer yeah. over there. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to try some German beer, some really good German beer. I'm sure you are too, Matt. Oh, I'm very excited. I, I think I think it's great for the NFL. I, I know not a lot of teams always love traveling overseas because it, it messes a lot with your, you know, with your everyday routine. But I also think it's, you know, it's going to be a very historic moment. The Bucks have yeah. played overseas, but it's the first ever game in Germany. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun experience for everyone that's able to go. And you have the bye week next week, too. So it's one game. You can focus on it and right. then you can get back to regular routine and, and you can recover from from yeah all the beer you can, uh, and yeah and you the, can sleep the, on the, the jet lag you can sleep on the plane ride home yeah it's so funny too just uh real quick about again the the london game so peter port while you and mark and, and cliff were at the game in london yeah. um we also hosted a uh, a watch party as well too and had a yeah, great right. turnout yeah. very yeah. early in the morning it was mm-hmm. myself uh trevor sigma and taylor jenkins and yeah. Everyone was buzzing, like people were loud, having a great time. Right. And then the Bucks offense went on the field. James throws a pick on the first play. And Damn it, James kind of ruined everything. You could hear a pin drop in, in at the at the place that we were at. It just the mood instantly changed like so quickly. Yeah. All because of the interception. And then everything was downhill. So it was such a fun time up until that game. That I know. Changed. But Blame it is James. what it is. The yeah. things. Things got better for the Bucs uh, yeah. in well, a couple of years. The exciting thing is the Buccaneers have really struggled mightily right, in, in international games. Yeah. They're 0 for 3 in all three London games. The good news is they're saying, screw you, England. We're going to a different country, <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to try our luck over in Germany, okay? Where right now the Buccaneers are undefeated in Germany. They've, they've yet to win a game, but they've That's yet true. to lose a game too. So, and, and Tom Brady... Matt is undefeated in international games. So something's got to give, right? It's yeah, like, mo- the Bucks continue to, to lose overseas and Tom Brady gets sucked into the 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 murkiness of that um in, in Buccaneer history. Or Tom Brady, like Moses, leads the Buccaneers to the promised land to finally get a win over in Europe. So something's got to give. I'm excited Plus, about that. He's trying to add another win, another country to his resume in terms right. of wins because he won in the States. He won yeah. in England. And I believe he won a game in Mexico. They, yeah. the, I think the Patriots played there and he won a game. So now he can yeah. add Germany to the list. Yeah, he's an international man. He's, I mean, move over Pitbull. He's Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> that's, an a, that's an A-plus reference right there. I, love I absolutely it. love that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, folks, so the good news is it's a Monday, and we're kind of going to get back to this tradition here now that we've kind of put all the draft stuff behind us. And uh, in about uh, about what four minutes, we're going to do roll call. We're going to do roll call at, on, at 4.20 every Monday, right? So either Matt or I will talk. I'll talk today, Matt. You can put up all of the people from wherever they are. So that's, that's going to be your cue. At 4.20, we want to find out where you're listening or watching from. So give us where you're, you're located, right? Whether it's here in the state of Florida, whether it's here in America, whether it's around the world, 
every Monday when you join us here on the Pew Report podcast, we're going to have roll call at 420. So that's going to be the cool thing. So in about three minutes now, I'm going to continue to talk and Matt will be putting up exactly where you're from. We want to get as many people in here in our roll call as we can in about a minute or two. So, and then we'll kind of get back to some, some Buccaneer news. So um, one of the things too, that is, that's interesting about today's show is we're going to be talking about the depth and the free agents that, Mm -hmm. that the Buccaneers could be looking for, right? JC Allen has an article on pewterreport.com that listed a couple of those. And that came out, I think yesterday. And uh, so we'll, we'll kind of be talking about those. I've seen some of the names people are talking about in here in terms of, of Akeem Hicks, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I saw him beat the Buccaneers a couple times back mm-hmm. in the day. He's only 32. He can still play. He's a big dude. Kind of reminds me of, of a Calais Campbell where he's older, but he can still play almost kind of like Indomitian Sue. And so we'll talk about Indomitian Sue and, and Logan uh, uh, Hall a little bit too, and just kind of what's going on there. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I think there's other positions too, defensive line edge. I, I'm a big Justin Houston fan. And I think as a designated pass rusher, he could be a guy that could come in and, and, and maybe help out in some, some pass rush situations. Right. Um, there was a question in today's mailbag, uh, about this as well, about Hicks and about Jadavian Tunney coming in. So that's why we want yeah. to do the show today. Cause it's kind of like, okay, the draft's over. Filled some needs. There's still a couple pieces that that the Bucks need to add. Where are they going to be, and who's going to fill them, right? And so I I think with Jadavian Clowney, the issue there is he's going to command too much money than the Bucks want to pay, right? And he's yeah. going to probably want to start, right? Well, that that's what I was thinking with Clowney. Like, would he be great for the Bucks? Absolutely, one hundred percent. But Tampa also obviously they have Shaq and they have Joe Tronshanka, and they're not going to. Yeah stunt his growth again too and Clowney is in this situation every single year where he's he's almost the last big name or the last big piece to the puzzle that's still available like right around just before when training camp gets started so for me it's like well if he's still going to hold down he's going to want that more money the Bucks still need to allocate some of those dollars to get Gronk back or if right. they want to bring in a, another veteran. So as much as I would really like Clowney, I think he's going to be too expensive, but it makes sense. He's one of the top edge rushers that are yeah. still on the board. I, I still think with him, and I think he's 29, it's still going to be a matter of playing time, right? Yes. I think that that's kind of the prohibitive thing about bringing Jason Pierre-Paul back is he's an alpha. He's used to playing as much as 90% of the snaps when he's healthy. I don't think his mentality, and I think he's a team first guy, but I, I, here's a roll call. Let's go, folks. Yeah, let's get the roll call going, okay. everybody. Didn't want to cut you off. Yeah, no, no. Roll call. But, let's go. But I, I think that with, with someone like, like Jason Pierre-Paul, it's difficult because you're an alpha personality. You're used to starting and playing. And how well can you take a, a majorly reduced role, really the role of like a designated pass rusher? And And that's why I think a player like, Justin Houston, who's 33, still has a little bit of gas left in the tank, not for full-time snaps, but for playing, you know, 20, 25% of the snaps. And he's also an experienced guy that can come in in case there's an injury to Shaq Barrett, in case there's an injury to Joe Troy and Shoenka, where all of a sudden you have to start either JTS and Shaq Barrett and, and Anthony Nelson, and then need somebody to come off the bench that has more experience than Cam Gill. So to me, I, th- I think that's kind of what they're looking for 
is somebody like a Steve McClendon, right? Somebody that that can come in, that has some experience, that's a little long in the tooth, that is fine playing a limited number of snaps and really kind of help in that regards. So that's why the JPPs, the Jadavian Clownies, I, I, I don't think that's the case. Look for players that are <clears throat> getting up there in age that also want to come in and maybe get a Super Bowl ring on the way out the door, but would not want to come in and impede the the opportunity for JTS to get full-time reps as a starter. And of course, Shaq Barrett, your $17 million man. So I, th- I think that that's, that's where I stand on that. Uh, while Matt's finishing up with roll call here, we got about another minute of that. The the thing too with with James Bradbury, we're going to do a story about it on PeterReport.com. It's interesting, right? Because Bradbury played in Carolina. He had a lot of great battles with Mike Evans. There's a lot of mutual respect there. And Matt, I, I think the thing with Bradbury that's interesting is if the Giants eat a bunch of his salary, right? The Bucks can pick him up for um, you know for a little bit less than what he's been been commanding. But again, the problem is just where does he play? And and I don't see them going after a guy like Bradbury who would be a starter. And listen, he would be a fine addition to the team from a talent standpoint. But just like we we learned last week, Matt, in in the defensive coaches press conference, it seems like this team wants to start Sean Murphy Bunting, former second round pick, Mike Edwards, former third round pick, at safety. And, and nickel corner, I'm talking about Edwards at safety, strong safety, mm-hmm. and SMB at nickel corner because they've got some premium draft picks invested in these guys. Edwards has never been a full-time guy. Can he Can he play that role on a full-time basis? Can he play strong safety? Can Sean Murphy Bunting stay healthy? Can he get interceptions anytime other than January? And <laughs> and so I, I think that the Tampa Bay wants to give those guys a shot at, at starting Logan Ryan's the safety net at nickel corner and also at free safety. He's also, you're looking at Keanu Reeves as the safety net at strong safety. And I wouldn't be surprised ultimately if Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal end up starting this year, but doesn't it seem like that type of mentality right now would preclude them from signing a James Bradbury, knowing that they want to see how Jamel Dean does, see how Sean Murphy Bunting does. And, and then of course, Mike Edwards at the, at safety. In, the, in these contract years? Yeah, you absolutely hit the nail on the head where the Bucks want to go in full throttle, head first with Mike Edwards starting a strong safety and have Sean Murphy bunting uh, in the slot as that nickel corner. But they already have the the safety nets uh, in place, like you said, with Keanu Neal going um, at safety and, and Logan Ryan can can mix around a little bit, go with the safety and go, right. with, um, go with slot as well too. Where I would, it's tough because... You do have to find those answers, but mm-hmm. I think we're also in the win now mode where yeah. this is your last season with Tom Brady. And we talked about this before. Why not exhaust every single option that you could possibly have? And with Bradbury, oh man, it would just be great to envision Carlton Davis on one side, Bradbury on the other. This is a corner that the Bucks are very familiar with. Oh yeah. Bradbury has played very well against Mike Evans. So yeah. I'm sure they would love to have Bradbury on their own team and not have to worry sure. about playing him depending Obviously, he's not going to be um, with the Giants anymore or anything like that. But I I just think, too, 
what he brings. Like he had four interceptions last season. Mm-hmm. What have we talked about? Carlton Davis, yeah. he's an all pro, except for that he can't come down with those interceptions. Yeah. Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, one, one pick, right? Jamel Dean, one pick. Yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting only gets his interceptions in the playoffs. So I think the Bucs could really use a top guy that can make up for a lot of those dropped interceptions that we've seen in the past. You bring in Bradbury, yeah. he's going to get those turnovers for you. I really do think, though, and obviously a lot of it depends on the contract and it seems like Bradbury. I think we'll the see Chiefs how much are going to be in hot pursuit, right? Yeah, the, the Chiefs could really be in it too. The other thing too is, as much as I would like Bradbury, I, I see the Bucks going in a situation whether that's I, and I think the top needs in terms of free agency. We're talking about the Bucks don't need anyone that they need to like start right away. Their roster is pretty much set. We're just talking about plugging in some holes that are for, for depth reasons. But I, I really have my big three on defense was uh, defensive tackle, edge rusher. And I put cornerback in there as well, too, because yeah. if something happens to Jamel Dean, then, you know, you have Zion McCollum and you just rant at him and eventually you want him to be a future starter. Right. But I'm not, I'm not standing here or sitting in this case. I'm not sitting here and saying that McCollum's going to be an instant, like day one starter if something happens to right. Jamel Dean. But he does totally have the agree. fit to be an outside corner. Where, you know, you have someone like Ross Cockrell is more slated to play a nickel corner position. Yeah. This is where I see for anywhere on the defense, the Bucks going with a veteran guy that wants to win a championship that will be there to really be a mentor to these guys. Like I can see someone like Xavier Rhodes, you know, he's six one. Mm-hmm. He has that fit of Bucks corners that the coaching staff really likes. He had seven pass breakups last year, one interception. I believe he only missed three or four games. So relatively right. healthy, especially if we're talking about a backup role. So that's someone I could see more realistically signing yeah. with the Bucks. but I'm all for go for the big fish because we're in win now, win now it's mode. It's tempting, isn't it? It really, it really is, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think the personnel department's like, well, we got to see about Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Mike Edwards for the future, but I get it, but boy, it, it's, it's so tempting just to, to load up like, like the Rams did right. And, and get the Von Miller and get the, the Odell Beckham jr. And just go for it. So, We'll see. It'll be interesting to to see how this all shakes out. Matt, I love the fact that you started with defense first because defense wins championships. I'm a defensive-minded guy. Todd Bowles is our defensive-minded head coach that we're covering. So it's so appropriate that you start there, and I love you for it. I know my audience. Of course you do. <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, folks, what this is, this is the Bucks two 2-deep two depth chart as we see it. Everybody in red is, is a starter and either – it's a full-fledged, you know he's going to start guy like like Shaq Barrett right there at outside linebacker or a guy that is penciled in, even though he hasn't played a down yet in the NFL, like in Logan Hall, yeah. a defensive <laughs> tackle, and he's going to replace Ndamukong Sue. What you see behind all those guys is what we anticipate being the next guy up. If the name's in pewter like Anthony Nelson, you know, Anthony Nelson, I think he's really developed. He came on strong down the stretch. Five sacks last year in that that third outside linebacker edge rusher role. I think if if Anthony Nelson had to start for a couple games, I think that that he can get the job done. He's not gonna there's not gonna be a huge drop off in play, right? Uh, whereas if you look at the other side of the ball, uh, after Joe Tryon Shoenka, you've got Cam Gill, who's that fourth outside linebacker. He's in blue, um, and you know and. And why, why are these guys in blue? Well, because you get the blues <laughs> as a personnel yeah. <laughs> guy. You're like, holy smokes, if we have to start this guy, man, we're singing the blues. So I wanted a, a, a contrasting color between red and pewter. And black was too close to pewter. So I just went with blue because 
if these guys are playing, you're probably singing the blues. And right now, you know, you mentioned um, defensive tackle, right? Logan Hall is going to be a first-time NFL starter. Mm-hmm. And right now it's Deidre Sanat, right? I mean, without Steve McClendon, without Indomitian Sue, there, there really is just a huge drop-off at that three-technique defensive tackle position. And you have to think another move is coming. I mean, Deidre Sanat might not even make this roster. He's probably Sanat making the roster. I, would, I, I think would he's think Sanat so. making the roster too, man. I love it. And, uh, you know, he's, um, you know, I, I'd love to see Akeem Hicks here. I really would, right? I, th- I think he's a big run-stuffing guy that still has a little bit of pass rushing juice left. I think you could get by with Akeem Hicks in that in that that role at mm-hmm. the three-technique position. He can also maybe slide in. I know Rakeem Nunez-Roches is a solid nose tackle backup, but I think he could also play there. And really because... The defensive tackle, which is that three-technique position, and and the position that's called defensive end in this 3-4 scheme that Will Golston plays, Will Golston will play a three-tech sometimes. He'll also play what's called a three-I or a four-I, which is uh, it's, it's, it's outside shading in the three-hole, the, uh, the three which is the, the B-gap, mm-hmm. but it's closer to the tackle than it is to the guard. And then also, too, the 4-I is that C-gap, which is in between, the, say, the tackle and the tight end. So I, I think that, that that's, a, that's a, a position that Akeem Hicks could come in and really give you some coverage at the three-tech spot as well as that defensive end position that Will Golston plays. Yeah, I mean, you talked about him a lot in the, uh, in the Monday Mailbag, how much you think that he would – totally be a fit. And I think he would be a player as well, too, that falls into that category of uh, wanting to win a championship at this point. You know, it's, yeah. it's getting it's getting later in his career. He's been a, a versatile player that has at times been a, a standout, like top level player in the league at this position. So I could definitely see a fit there. Uh, one guy I was thinking of really. Well, there's two guys. And a lot, they were both mentioned by JC uh, in, in his article, but there's only so many defensive tackles that are uh, available right yeah. now uh, in free agency. One of them goes all the way back to when we did our Bucks battles plan. I actually had the Bucks signing him as a free agent. That was Larry Ogunjobi. I right. just think he falls into the category. He's coming off an injury, so that obviously has to be monitored and, and figured out. So could be a situation where the Bucks don't really make a move on it until right before training camp because they want to see you know how healthy – he could really be, but Ogunjobi yeah. has that fit that the Bucks were looking for before the draft in terms of he has some pass rushing ability to him. Um, yeah. But I, I think what I like about Ogunjobi as well, too, is that he can do a little bit of everything as well. Like he doesn't have to just line up in one spot. He can move across the defensive line. Yeah. Um, he's actually struggles more as a run defender than True. he does as a pass rusher, which doesn't really necessarily go with what Tampa Bay does because obviously they're all about stopping the run. Right. But I think if we talked about this in the past, like they have enough talent that will be starting that can make up for Ogunjobi maybe struggling in that position. Uh, another person too was well, Sheldon the, Richardson. The thing too Sorry, is go ahead. If, if you're looking for like a, an obvious run, like first down type of, of defensive front, there's nothing that says you can't run – uh, you know, Nacho out there at the three next to Vita Vea. And then when yeah. you get into to nickel rush, if you had a, a Logan Hall and a Larry Ogunjobi there, both rushing from the three tech outside of 
this, you know, on the other side of, of the guards, uh, opening up that a gap for, you know, a, a Devin white blitz or something. That's, you know, that's another way you can get a little creative. You can be a little unconventional and all of that. Cause I do think that if Logan Hall is going to struggle as a rookie, it's going to be in the run game. I think he's yeah. going to be better one-on-one going up against, you know, guards in, in the past. And of course, Logan Hall will probably be hoping that he and his teammates around him do such a good job stuffing the run that they will get as many pass attempts as they got last year, which the Buccaneers faced more pass attempts than any other team in the league because nobody even tried to really run against them except for late in the year. You saw the Jets, the Panthers have uh-huh. some have some uh, some success against the Buccaneers running. Um, and, and part of the reason why, why they had some success was because in Dominican Sue, and this is part of the reason why they're, they're not intent on bringing him back is his lateral movement. You saw a lot of, of, of yeah. those teams attack the Buccaneers defense laterally, horizontally down the line, stretching them and making them run side to side. And that's where you saw some of those holes open up and the jets did a really good job running against the Buccaneers that day. Yeah, they did. And I mean, that's naturally going to happen with First of all, the Cowboys actually deserve some, some credit because they set the tone with just refusing to run the ball against the Bucs. If you remember that home opener, (laughs) they were running, you know, first down, it'd be uh, a screen to the wide receiver or a screen to the running back or a three yard slant. They were like, all right, good. Like we got a yeah. run play out of the way. I think right. Dak definitely ended up throwing it over 50 times. Remember, he was coming off a shoulder injury where it's like you kind of I know it's the NFL Plus and every game a, matters. A calf injury from camp, too. Yeah, yeah. He's dealing with multiple injuries, and that's how afraid they were of running the ball against the yeah. Buccaneers. So they kind of set, I don't want to say the blueprint because the Bucs obviously still yeah. still had a very successful year, but they set the tone of okay, we're not even going to to run right. the ball. Yeah, that, that's where it comes into play with, with Sue in terms of, sure, he's got that mean, nasty ability, and he, he racked up some sacks yeah. last year. Yeah, and, and you know what? In that department. I, I really spent some time studying Sue, and I, I know Josh Capo is going to be doing a grinding the tape on Sue. And I really spent some time last night and, and today studying some film on Sue, looking at some of the PFF grades, which are, you know, they're, they're not the, the Holy grail. They're not the Bible, but they can be used as a good measuring stick. And listen, Sue ended his Buccaneer career. If that was his last game against the Rams on a high note, that was his highest graded game of the season. He was phenomenal in that game. The problem is previous week against the Eagles, against the jets, against the Panthers, he did not grade very well. Matter of fact, I think he ended up with like a 44, 45 grade from, from PFF for the season. Maybe it was 48, but it was clearly his lowest graded season in his entire NFL career. And his first year, I think he got a 69 grade in 2019. Mm-hmm. So in the eyes of PFF, when you look at all the games and his impact, it, it was a decline there. And I've talked to people at, you know, within the organization that, I mean, we're telling you that's why they're not signing him. You can go back and look at the tape, and he's 35. He can't run like he used to, not just in you know laterally and run defense, but also mm-hmm. he just can't seal the deal and get to the quarterback like he used to. When when people are saying, and I see some people in, in the chat, you know, we, we need Gronk and Sue and JPP back. If you're talking about – If you're talking about the 2019 and the 2020 versions of those players, sure. But when you're in your 30s, and I've talked to Warren Sapp about this, there's that one year 
and you don't know when your expiration date is as an NFL player, but you just fall off the face of the earth. You're a fast receiver. All of a sudden, one year, you can't run anymore, right? Um, you've, you've been a quarterback for 10 years in the league. All of a sudden, you just can't put the zip on the ball like you used to, right? Uh, it, it, it That happens, right? That's why you see running backs typically 30 and they're done because they just don't have the juice, the explosion anymore, the tackle breaking ability, the tackle slipping ability. And so with JPP and Sue, from the team standpoint, the last year, 2021, was the year those guys kind of fell off the cliff. And we'll yeah, see if that changes, but I don't think it's going to. You just mentioned the two of them and Gronk. You only need one out of those three, and that's clearly it's Rob Gronkowski. And yes. JPP's drop-off, I think, was a little more uh, up front and like more noticeable and obvious than I would say in Tomkin Sue would be. And to yeah. Sue's detriment as well, I would say the Bucks do a very good job in terms of just rotating their defensive tackles and their outside linebackers as well, too. Right. Almost to a fault. I think there were times last year where we were complaining, like, why like why are the why is Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill on the field as much as they are? And right. I, I don't want to knock <laughs> Anthony Nelson too much because I thought yeah. he did a great job as as uh you know as that third outside linebacker. But yeah. there was a lot of times where it was like, uh I think Shaq should be on the field right now, or I think Joe Tryon right. should be on the field, but they stick to you know their rotation. So we're talking about Sue. If he's yeah. already on a little bit of a pitch count, and we actually talked about that with Casey Rogers in terms of Vita Vey, is he going to play more? Because we want to see more Vita Vey. But yeah. again, if we're talking about Sue and, and maybe losing a step, if he's already on a, a bit of a more of a rotation than maybe other teams would would really do with using their defensive tackles, right. that doesn't really help Sue's case. I still think he could be helpful to this team, but not for the price tag that he's exactly. looking for with that exactly. $9 million. And, and folks, that, that's the other component in this. And Matt, you're exactly right. He's 35. He's got a wife and a couple kids, twins at home. Yep. He's already got one eye on the financial world where I think he's going to end up ruling, doing whatever he wants to do there. Yeah. It's just that he looks at it like I've had six sacks the last couple of seasons. I can still play. And of course, a lot of NFL players still think they can play. Yeah. They, lead, they need the league to tell them you're done. Because a lot of these guys still, they, they love playing the game. They love the camaraderie. They love the teamwork. They love the paycheck. But sometimes the league has to tell you, sorry, you're done. And and we haven't seen any other team show any interest in Indomitian Sue. Certainly not at $9 million. And I'm not sure that's his price tag. Yeah, That's what he's asking for. But it, it has been that the last three years. So why wouldn't it be this year? And, of course, the Buccaneers are saying no. Uh, even at five million, would is that their magic number? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, uh, Long Lost Leisure has got a, a great question as it pertains to Logan Hall. How many six six three techs have been successful? Well, the the hmm. first one that comes to mind, and I'd have to really do some research in it, but Keith Millard, he was a three okay. tech for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I want to say he was a first round pick in 1984. I think he's in the Hall of Fame now, right? I mean, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, multiple Pro Bowl and All Pro player for sure, um, but you know that he was six six two sixty five, which back in the day that was massive for a three tech. So yeah, usually you, when you think of three technique, you think of of somebody that replaced him in Minnesota, like John Randall, who's like six foot six one, uh-huh. or Warren Sapp, who was six two. But but yeah, it's it's a little you know um, a little different in terms of that. But the thing is is from an athleticism standpoint, I mean, Logan Hall killed it. And even Greg Cosell, who's been on the show before, 
uh, NFL Films Maven, uh, he he came out and said that he thought that Logan Hall was the best defensive tackle in the draft ahead of even Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. And I agree with that. I think that you look at at the the production, the upside, the length, and, and, and the athletic testing, um, Logan Hall, I, I think, is a very underrated defensive tackle that if he had stayed in school, Matt, and had gotten mm-hmm. eight sacks, nine sacks in, in 2022 during this, this college football season, I think you're looking at a player who's probably a top 10 pick. It's always interesting to me um, when players that come out early, like wh- what goes into their decision-making process? I'm about to post uh article Scott was talking about with uh, Cassell mentioning Logan Hall, that he's the best pick. So look at it in the chat. But I'm, I, I always wonder, you know, especially like when you make the decision to come out uh, of, of your school to go to the NFL draft, you're obviously not going blindly going into the draft being like, oh, yep, yeah, I'm going to be the number one pick. You know, right. like th- there was a lot of other defensive tackles in this class. And I mean, we saw that's why Logan Hall went to the second round. So yeah. I'm always curious why, like what the reasoning is behind that when you know, like, all right, you might not even get there to, to the second round. But to your point, I mean, that's what Jason Light was talking about. Spy Tech mentioned they want Hall in there because of his size. Like, they want him batting down balls, which was something, obviously, Hall is going to be playing defensive tackle, where JPP is more of a, an edge rusher type of player. But right. one of the things JPP was pretty good at was getting his hand up and, and knocking down Definitely. that ball. So I think Logan Hall can really help out there. I'm, I'm interested to see when he, just like right off the bat, like where he's going to be good at in this defense. I, I yeah. know like we've seen the tape and okay, he's got that good first step and everything like that. Sure. Like, where's he really going to excel at now yeah. at the NFL level? And like, where's he really going to struggle? You mentioned the run game, but maybe it's, um, you know, he can't get that swim move across. I, I think right. it's so fun to see with these rookies, like who's going to take the water right away and who's going to have more mm-hmm. of that, you know, that learning curve that, some players need. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned the batted balls and I mean, let's, let's go back to week two, right? Uh, Vita Vea didn't get a sack against Matt Ryan, but he, he deflected a pass that was ultimately picked off by Shaq Barrett. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's, that, that's a way you can impact that. It's not a sack, but on third down on third and seven, you bat the ball down. It's an incompletion. All of a sudden you're punting. So mission accomplished. And I think that that's one thing Casey Rogers said, 6'6", Logan Hall, 6'7", Anthony Nelson, 6'5", Joe Tryon, Shoinka, 6'4", B. DeVea, 6'6", Will Golston. They got some monsters up front that if they can each get a couple more pass breakups, it can lead to more interceptions. It could lead to more punts. It could get the opposing team's offense off the field and then get Tom Brady and the offense on, in Tampa Bay uh, the ball back. Mark's main channel's got a great point here, Matt, and I think this is kind of where they saw – the decline of Sue as well, because they do like to do some stunts and some twists up front. Mm-hmm. Hall's already good at bending inside, getting skinny into a crease. He'll do fine setting up potential stunts with JTS, in my opinion. And I think that's where a younger player can really help impact the the Bucks defense here is, is you know, did Sue have the the motor to to get around and and come clean on some of those uh stunts, right? And uh, listen. I love Ndamukong Sue. I'm not uh, trying to besmirch his name or or his ability as a player whatsoever. Yeah, I, I'm kind of passing along some information. That's our job at Peter Report is information procurement about telling you why the team is moving on. 
from Indomitian Sioux and in getting Logan Ryan into that starting role. Uh, I'm not the one who's not re-signing Indomitian Sioux, neither are you, Matt. I'm not the one who's saying Logan Hall is going to be the starter at the three technique. It's the Buccaneers. Yeah, and we'll see what Tampa Bay – I mean, we know what Tampa Bay wants in terms of they want that that quick, um, you know, that, that, that quick younger uh, – defensive tackle that's going to go in there and, and make a difference. But I think you can mix having the younger guys. And I think we're going to see this yeah. at corner at, um, you know, at edge rusher as well, too. You can have the younger guys that are still learning the game, like someone like Joe Tronchenko, but you could bring in a veteran that can maybe lost a step, but not to the point that Indomitian Sioux has lost a step. If, yeah. if that makes total sense. Well, like, the thing is that guy's going to be a mentor. I think if you're, if you're saying, Hey, we want you to go in and play 12 plays, 12 to 15 snaps. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's where you can get an older aging player. We saw those Steve McClendon, right. Who had interception his first career <laughs> pick last year. Right. It just it, playing a couple of snaps, you know, in each half and just helping out mm-hmm. from a depth standpoint. Right. Because when you're old, I mean, trust me, folks, <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I got my friggin' AARP card. <laughs> Like I just turned 50 and I just got my AARP card in the mail. Those bastards don't waste any time sending you that, that AARP membership card, which is going right in the trash, by the way. Um, but the thing is, 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 yeah, it's like, you know, your, your uh, ability to, uh, you know, to get in there and play 20, 30 snaps. You can't do that when you're in your mid thirties. Right. But, but you can maybe play half that maybe 10 snaps, um, maybe six snaps a half where all of a sudden you're playing 12 to 20 snaps. And you're you're helping you know the, the team out with with some of those quality reserve reps while you're getting the starters a rest on the sidelines and then getting them back in the game. Speaking of help, if you need help with your finances, there is no better place to go to than Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Drew, congratulations! We're so happy. Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Matt, where in the world do we need to go? We absolutely, positively need to go to Colorado. That's right. And the thing is, is wow, listen, a, a Colorado vacation would be fun. But how fun would it be, Matt, once you and I are retired to like go out there and do some hunting and fishing for like a whole week or like a 10 day oh, yeah. trip or something, right? To be up there at Pikes Peak and, and all of that. Some white and, water and, rafting. Yeah. Well, fun. I mean, maybe if we're retired, that might be a little ambitious. But yeah. But the thing is, folks, is, is that's the kind of stuff that you want to be able to do, not just a little weekend trip here or whatever, but. But really enjoy your retirement, really be able to see the great sights of this country and, and around the world with some of those lifelong trips. And how do you save the money to put yourself in position in retirement to be able to enjoy your retirement? Well, that's that's where Immunity Financial comes in, because managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. We're talking about legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. They've got 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, folks. And if you're listening or watching this podcast from around the country, they can still help you. It's not just a Tampa thing, folks, or even a Florida thing. Give Immuni Financial a call, just like I did. 
1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit them on the web at immunity.com. Folks, Immunity's been a great supporter of the Pewter Report podcast. What I ask you to do is give them a call. Talk to Mark, talk to David, talk to any of the great immunity representatives. It's a free, no obligation, no uh, pressure consultation. And if you don't like what, what you hear, that's fine. There's no obligation to do anything with immunity. But it's not a bad thing, even if you have a financial advisor, to get a second opinion. Because, folks, this is your money. This is your retirement. Yes, thank you, Immuni, Immuni Financial, to, for being a sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make sure you give them a call and get out to Colorado as well, too. That's right. Because uh, I, I really want to go to Colorado so badly. I like going out west. I think it's a fun time, and that would be great uh, to go to Colorado. Looking at the defense here, Scott, we just talked a little bit about defensive tackle. Uh, you love Hakeem Hicks. I mentioned Larry Ogunjobi. I yep. think Sheldon Richardson would be another guy mm -hmm. that um, – could be a fit as well, too. Todd Bowles had, knows him well, right? Yep. Previously played in Todd Bowles' system for at least two years. But I'm going to talk about someone that also previously played for Todd Bowles. I'm talking about edge rusher now. We spoke sure. a little bit about Clowney and how um, he's probably going to be too expensive. He's like the top edge rusher off the board. I really like Justin Houston. I thought he yeah. could have been that great veteran presence, older in age. Played on some good teams, but never won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, I think he'd be gr a great, like, all right, let's throw him in on third down here and there. Agree. Um, but a couple of days ago, day second to be exact, the Ravens put a tender on him, and I don't think the Bucs should, uh, yeah. you know, sign that tender. But we're talking about reunions, players that used to play for Todd Bowles. Uh, Carl Nassib is a free agent. A lot of right. people in the chat have mentioned Carl Nassib. I would like a reunion with Carl Nassib. Yeah. I feel bad that he just left the year before that they won the Super Bowl. He obviously is a fit. He's played in this defense. He has an extremely high motor. Goes Nasty. all out all yep. the time. He was a captain of this team, so he's already knows the locker room very well. And um, obviously, people look up to him because he was a captain on this team. I think as 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 far as being the fourth outside linebacker on this team, you could throw him in there from time to time. You know he's going to play a backup role because he's a team player and a team captain. He's going to be fine with the role that he has on this team. Yeah, I would love to see Carl Nassib back with the Bucs. I agree. And again, if you're just joining us, what this list is here, everybody in red is slated to start. Everybody in pewter, that's going to be what we believe to be the, the number two player on the depth chart. Um, the pewter guys we're comfortable with, right? They're, they're veterans. They've played either in Tampa Bay or, as you yeah. see down there in the the secondary, Logan Ryan, we expect he'll be the nickel back uh, backup as well as another guy that can play free safety for Antoine Winfield. Keanu Neal is a veteran who can probably either win the starting job or be one hell of a rotational backup at strong safety. But the guys in blue, you know, we talked about Cam Gill. We talked about Deidre Sanat, uh, even Patrick O'Connor. I love POC. I think you do too. But yeah, I love him. He's a great special teamer. But if Will Golston were to go down for an extended period of time, I'm not sure Patrick O'Connor would be a guy that I'd want to be a, a down-in, down-out starter for, for weeks on end. That's why a player like Akeem, Nicks, or Akeem Hicks uh, could come in and, and I think, help at a couple positions. But the linebacker spot now, right? I mean, yeah, Kevin Minter, I understand why they haven't re-signed him. But, boy, K.J. Britt, Grant Stewart, I love those guys in special teams. They are really unproven on defense. And if something happens to Devin White or Levante David, I can't say that they would be worse than Kevin Minter, but 
boy, there's a, an awful lot of, of greenness in those two guys, Matt. Yeah, they, they fall into that situation again, too, like we talked about with the corners, where it's like, all right, well, we want to see what we have in them, but it's a major risk that we're going to give them this playing time. Yeah, uh, We've heard some of the defensive coaches talk about it, that they're already talking with and training K.J. Britt like he's going to be that number three wide receiver. I think hey, the almost the most You mean that number three linebacker? Yeah, sorry, li- yeah. linebacker. Uh, looking at a lot of positions here. Yeah. Um, but I think almost the most telling thing was speaking to Keith Armstrong, the special mm-hmm. teams coach, where we asked him about could – if Minter's not on this team, and remember, Minter was a special teams captain, so he obviously played an important role on the Bucs roster. Um, if he's not back, could Britt and Stewart step up into those roles as being a, a leader on special teams? And Armstrong said, Grant Stewart, without question. I think that's obvious because yeah. the way he played on special teams last year. But he said, Britt, I don't even really know if he's going to be playing special teams because the way that they're training him to be uh, not not a starting linebacker, but at least the number three linebacker. So I tend to lean towards let's give the young guys an opportunity. Um, I I know Kevin Minter struggled, and I'm not trying to put a knock on Kevin Minter because he's awesome and he's given some great interviews for for us. You know, I mean, just again, you reach a point in time. It happens to every NFL player, even the great ones. Saw it happen with Derek Brooks, right? With Warren Sapp, Mm -hmm. John Lynch. It just happens, right? You're just done at some point in time. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's what happened to Minter. And that's why they're going with the young guy in KJ Britt. Uh, I agree with you, Matt. Um, There's still some more questions about James Bradbury here. And yes, I I agree that there is some merit to, to, going for it like the Rams did and, and gearing up for that Super Bowl run and saying, you know, Jamel Dean, you might have to, you know, to uh, to take a, a back seat and, and go for the, for Bradbury, especially with what happened last year, Matt. I mean, mm-hmm. we look at these guys here. Zion McCollum wasn't on the team. I like him as a developmental guy. He hasn't played a down in the NFL. D. Delaney has. He started two games. He started two games. Pierre Desir started two games. Richard Sherman started Richard. a couple games because there were so many injuries at the cornerback position. Would you rather have Jamel Dean come off the bench if something happens to Carlton Davis or to a James Bradbury and have him be your emergency corner, right? Uh, mm-hmm. As opposed to Dee Delaney or trying to find the next Pierre Desaire or, or Richard Sherman. Yeah. You know what, Scott, the more I think about it, I, the more I'm all in on Bradbury. Cause I just think again, this is your last year with Tom Brady. Why not leave any stone unturned, uh, yeah. uncovered, or whatever it's called? And yeah. sure, yeah, maybe Jamel D might not like it, but you know, this is the NFL. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Teams, you, you need to win in this league, and you can't right. win in this league if you're just going to cater to players' feelings. I understand this is an yeah. extremely important season for Jamel Dean, and you know what? If Jamel Dean has a problem with James Bradbury being on this team, he can earn the starting job right. in training. Beat him out. All right, yeah. he's going to have every single chance. To prove himself. And you know what? If Jamel Dean is the number three cornerback and he's not happy with it going into free agent this year, Dean is still way talented enough where another team is going to give him a contract. This isn't right. like the Ndamukong Sue situation where sure. people have seen the tape and he's getting slower. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of optimism on Jamel Dean. So it, it might be a for- thing too. Right. I mean, I hear what you're saying. It might be a thing too where Jamel Dean decides to come back to Tampa next year if the Bucks just. Just pay him money. Just say, he, go out and get your market value. 
Yeah. And see what it is. You already know this defense. You're comfortable here. Yeah, we had to take a one-year Jamel Dean break and went with James Bradbury to win a Super Bowl. But we're moving on from Bradbury because he's too expensive. We'd rather invest in you. You're the younger corner. And the, the Bucs played it. the corner market to a T this year with Carlton Davis. Remember how everyone yes. was was up in arms that they didn't give the franchise tag to Carlton That's Davis? Right. <laughs> well, it was a pretty damn good decision not yeah. to because they were able to keep Chris Godwin for way under value compared to what all the other wide yeah. receivers are getting this year. And they got Carlton Davis for cheaper than what you would have done if you signed him uh, to the franchise tag, I Correct. believe. Or at least they got him to a cheaper deal than some what some of the other corners are getting. So yep. the Bucs should absolutely do what they need to do to make sure that they have the best roster possible. And if that means right. Jamel Dean becomes CB3, so be it. He still has a chance to be on this team next year. He's still valuable. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I think, I think Mike Greenberg would probably have a conniption fit over that, <laughs> given the money <laughs> they'd have to pay Bradbury. He might take objection to that. But at the same time... Um, uh, from a personnel standpoint, putting the salary cap aside and the dollars and cents, it, make, it does make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick look here as the show wraps up at our 2D, 2D depth chart. As we see it, this is not official, but this is how we see it for the Bucks offense. You know, you really have QB1A and QB1B right there in Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert. You know, we're deferring to the old man, Tom Brady. He gets the first, he gets the, the, the red and, and yeah, we're Blaine he, and Pewter. He's earned That's it. okay. Uh, I kid, of course. Uh, running back, not sold on Keyshawn Vaughn. And Matt, it seems like they're not sold on Keyshawn Vaughn either because they drafted Brashard White in the third round, which is where they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn a couple years ago. Um, we haven't seen Rashad White play a, a down yet in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up beating out Vaughn for the backup job. But right now, he's probably the the, the backup to Giovanni Bernardis that, as that third down running back. Mm -hmm. uh, even though Leonard Fournette will play on third downs as well. But just wanted to give – I think they're done there, right? I mean, they they didn't sign any undrafted free agent running backs. So I, I think they're really comfortable with these four guys, just like they're comfortable at quarterback with Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask and, and Ryan Griffin, right, this week, and kind of write off those two positions and go right into wide receiver, correct? Agreed. Uh, it's going to be up to Keyshawn Vaughn if he wants to stay on this team again. He's going to have to impress – in training camp, and uh, that's why he drafted Rashad White, all right? right? You already have the veteran there with, with Giovanni Bernard. You don't need to sign another running back in free agency unless yeah. the, you know unless an injury comes along the way. You're pretty much all set with running back. It's Leonard Fournette's job, and we'll see what Rashad White can do this year. Right. Bernard, obviously, will, will be the yeah. third down back. Wide receiver, different position. Right now, I've, I've got Rashad Perryman just based on that, the Buffalo game, what he's done in the past. He knows this offense. He's not an ideal starter. But I think he can help in a pinch. So I've given him the pewter uh, rather than the the blue um, ink on on this depth chart. Tyler Johnson, though, is that slot receiver, the backup to Chris Godwin. I, I, I think he is not a lock to make the team. Neither is Scotty Miller. Neither is Jalen Darden, who I don't even have on this depth chart with, with Scotty Miller as well. I think Cyril Grayson is, based on, on what he did, that Panthers game, the Jets game when he stepped up for Antonio Brown with the game-winning catch. I think this team's curious about him. They want to see more of him. Can he stay healthy? Can he really produce? Can he be that fourth wide receiver? Maybe compete with Brashard Perriman there? That might be the case. But, Matt, they did sign three wide receivers after the draft, including the number one and two wide receiver uh, in terms of catches last year and yards in 
Jareth Stearns mm-hmm. and uh, Devin Tompkins from Utah State. Scott, I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but the wide receiver that I'm probably highest on outside of, you know, the big three of Evans, Godwin, and, and Russell Gage, I think it's I think it's Surreal Grayson Jr. for the mere yeah. fact that his stock is the highest based on, like you said, what he did late in the season against the Panthers right. and, at, uh, and against the Jets. Like, he obviously got injured after and wasn't able to play yeah. in the postseason, but his stock is the highest by the way that he performed. It's interesting. Because Casey Hudson and I talked about this a lot on Thursday's show when we did a uh, Bucks fan question Q&A, and a lot of questions were brought up about the wide receiver room. And part of why Casey didn't love the the draft that the Bucks did was because they didn't address the wide receiver position. And we've all talked about how yeah. depth that wide receiver was an issue last year with all the injuries. And, yes, you signed Russell Gage. But remember, you're losing Antonio Brown. So right. essentially, you're not Gage, gaining anything. You're just replacing somebody. Exactly. Yeah. He's replacing Antonio Brown just in terms of a player on the roster, not skill right. set. They yep. have different skill sets. We're not comparing that. But outside of that, like, okay, they signed Prashad Perriman. He was on the team last year. So we're yeah. talking about essentially having the same wide receivers group back that they had last year. So right. how much and of it, an upgrade, how much of a change did they really have? You're pretty much yeah. keeping and really, the you're same you're right. players that were there. And all you're adding is you're adding Stearns from Western Kentucky, who is kind of a mighty might type player. You're adding yeah. uh, Devin Tompkins, who's faster than Stearns, not as 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 big. He's like 167. Stearns is about 179. But both these guys are literally 5'7". I think, yeah. I think uh, th- these are mighty might type players. Uh, kind of in the Jalen Darden role, and, and we'll see if if either one of these guys can, can win a spot on the roster. They might be practice squad players or they might not be good enough to to make the team but uh it is interesting how they they added three receivers the the texas tech kid is another one i i like stearns and tompkins better we'll see how it all shakes out and we'll get a chance to look at him this week in the rookie mini camp as well as Cade otten and co keith the bucks did double up a tight end but right now folks that picture on your screen that's that's rob gronkowski i think he will be a free agent addition to the team think that will be a, a very happy day in Tampa Bay when he when he does decide to come back. I'm hoping that's the case. The Bucks are too. I think it won't won't be until after it will either be right before the, the, the mandatory mini camp or it'll be before training camp. I think that's the window for Gronk to come back. It might even be later this summer. But right now, Cam Brate's your starter. That's not really good with Kate Otten, who is Obviously, very green hasn't played a, a, a down in in the NFL. The, the team's high on him, fourth round pick. I think he's got a chance to be maybe tied into this year if he has a good training camp. What do you say, Matt? Yeah, I say the bright side is if Gronk isn't back, that there's still a lot of veteran tight ends out there that you could sign, and I, I think you would feel confident with them being on the roster and having a formidable. Tight yeah. end group, maybe not, you know, the best in the league. Yeah. Uh, and I'll well, stop you real quick. Sure. I think, too, that they could go more three wide receiver sets, right? One tight end, and it probably do away with with a lot of 12 package, uh, 12 personnel yeah. packages, which is double tight ends. I, th- I think I think they can always do that. They can always bring in another offensive lineman. We've seen the Buccaneers They've done in that. The past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bring they, in they, an, they, an extra tackle. And and have that be the the blocking tight end. I mean, Coquif can also block yeah, too. He'll I don't want to like not yeah, Keith, but right, he'll be the blocking guy. I still, honestly, I still think at the end of the day, like if if I was going to put money on it, I would say Gronk is back. 
But yeah. I don't feel as confident confident as as I once did, just because again he doesn't need to play. He has right. everything else in the world, and I understand like coming back playing with Tom. I'm sure Tom is uh, you know has been nudging him. Come on, man! Like when are you coming back? I see Gronk returning ultimately, but I don't think it'll be before training camp. Like you think yeah, he wants to sign, then immediately go to practice with mandatory minicamp. Yeah. Like I know he's been staying in shape, but I'm sure he wants right. a little bit more time to. You know, there's working out, then there's working out in the Florida yep. heat. And I understand it's only May versus when training camp comes around to late July and August. But right. I'm sure Gronk's going to want a little bit more time to um, to party. You know. Yeah, yeah, to, <laughs> to party, party and, and, and get ready and shape. stuff like that. Yeah, folks, just to wrap up here, um, we, we've got Hainsey and Leverett in there as blue guys rather than pewter because Stinney's got the experience. I think this is Gadecki's job to lose at left guard uh, if – if he's not quite ready, then you'll see Stinney in there at the beginning of the season. But you know, they like Hansey a lot as the backup center. I think this team still likes Nick Leverett. But I think they're done on the offensive line. I don't think they're bringing anybody else. They brought in Fred Johnson, right? They, they re-signed Josh Wells. They've got they yeah. drafted Gadecki. They're stocked at guard and center. And a player like Leverett can also play center as well. You've got right. John I- Mulchin still on the team. You've got Sidarius Hutcherson who's coming back. So they're obviously done there at the offensive line position. And and I I like the depth. I think it's probably as deep along the offensive line as we've seen in Tampa Bay. I thought the Bucs were going to be done before. I thought they were all set before they even drafted Luka Decky. So uh, I think they're all set there. A lot of beef on that uh, offensive line, almost as much beef beef as a burger that you'll get. At Beef O'Brady's. You want beefy? Nobody outbeefs beefs. Try the O'Brady Burger. Made with premium Angus, perfectly seasoned and topped with melted provolone. It's an all-star, just like that other Brady in town. And if you're tailgating, you might want to pile on Beef's award-winning wings, too. Traditional or boneless in whatever sauce or dry rub you crave. Dine-in, to-go, or even catering. Play it your way. See you at Beef's. Oh, Matt, what do you think fans, about that burger, man? O- yeah, it, I want one right now. Like, we need it's to stop the show immediately. And, yeah, and I want to have that burger for dinner. Uh, Beef O'Brady's is a great place to go to throughout the entire year on the calendar. But it's even more important to go now because of all the great things going on. You got playoff hockey, another big win for the Bolts last night. You got playoff basketball. You just had the Kentucky Derby and some big UFC fights and, and some boxing matches. And the reason for that is because not only does Beef O'Brady's have a fantastic menu, as you see there with the burger, as you'll get with the wings, as you'll get with the nachos, not only do they have an exceptional uh, variety of beers and other drinks and assortments that you can get at Beef O'Brady's, but they have TVs on top of TVs on top of TVs. So you can go there during football season, get a great meal, watch the Bucs game. You can go there right now, watch them play off hockey, watch them play off basketball. They have something there for literally every single person that steps into their restaurant. And there's going to be a Beef O'Brady's near you because there's over 45 locations in the Tampa Bay area. So Beef O'Brady's, go to beefobrady's.com to see their entire menu. But as I mentioned, the beer, the wings, the burgers, everything is great. Beef O'Brady's, good food, good sports. Make sure you go to one near you because 45 locations, there is one near you. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, folks, that was a, a fun, fast show here for Monday. We appreciate everybody participating in Roll Call. We'll do it again next Monday. Remember, schedule this week, tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern time. 
we're going to have the assistant coaches on. Then we're going to have Thursday night, primetime show, 7.30 start, NFL schedule comes out. We're going to be having instant analysis about the Bucks' schedule Thursday night. So join us in a special primetime podcast, 7.30 Eastern. Then right back at you, Friday night, 7.30 Eastern time. We're going to wrap up first day of Bucks rookie minicamp. It's an afternoon practice. So we're going to have our stories up on PeterReport.com. Then jump on the podcast, answer your questions. It's going to be a fun week here on Peter Report. So make sure you're subscribing to Peter Report TV. It's our YouTube channel. And hit the like button. Folks, what that does, you hit the like button, helps our algorithm with YouTube, and puts us in front of more Buccaneer fans like you. We love pewter people. Matt, I think we're closing in on 8,300. We're on our way to 9,000 subscribers. want to thank everybody who's subscribed and encourage you. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you hit over to YouTube and uh, go to Pewter Report TV and hit subscribe. That's right. Uh, we can't thank everyone enough for subscribing, for liking. You're helping us grow the YouTube channel. Uh, and just all of our content here at Peter Report. So uh, we really appreciate it. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching and we'll catch you again tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another episode of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. God bless. Have a great week.